Welcome to episode 136 of the Better With Running podcast. And tonight, we've got a special guest, as has been habit over the last month or so. We're kicking off with a cream right at the top. So, um, Zaka, how are you first, mate? What's been happening? I'm good, mate. I'm going well. I've recovered after you got me out of bed early for that run around the tan. So, I'm... Uh... <laughs> for, the, for the record, that was a before 6am start too. Um, five, yeah, it was like 5.55, I think. A, I a, a lot of people doubting the, the legitimacy <laughs> of that run, um, even allegations of me actually stealing your watch and taking it around the <laughs> around the tan um, have been floated around, but can vouch you were definitely there. We did run together and um, you're in great spirits too, considering <laughs> that um, you were half asleep. Yeah, I did. I only had like, I had a coffee, but. It wasn't like I probably needed a few more coffees to be honest at that time. But <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, mate. And we'll, we'll chat a bit a little bit later when uh, where we we talk through our training. But like you mentioned, mate, we have got a special guest, and we've got a new run to PB coach that we we might have teased the listeners probably oh, I reckon a month ago. Yeah, at we least were a month. <laughs> going to announce this, and then we we're going to get the interview going, and then times just skipped away. Our guest has been doing some races uh, in various parts of the country. So we are very excited to bring in our latest coach and our special guest tonight, Kate Avery. And Kate is, um, yeah, like I mentioned, latest coach to join the stable. And we're going to learn a lot more about her running career, which includes earning the GB Great Britain best 19 times across the indoor, outdoor, cross country, and most recently mountain running, 14 European medals, two world team medals, a fourth place in the 10,000 metres at Glasgow, and also was the uh, only British woman to ever win the NCAA cross country title. PBs of 8.56 outdoor, 8.53 indoor, 5,000 of 1525 31 41 over the 10 there is a lot there and we're going to hear a lot more about it welcome to the show kate thank you thank you for having me we are honored and we're um yeah we're excited to hear more about uh yeah obviously joining the run to bb coaching stable how that's how that is going and, and probably firstly off the off the top of um how are you settling into australia and is this uh tell us about uh, how you landed in Melbourne? Um, well, the short story is I got married. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Lockie is from Melbourne. Um, we met, he's actually a physio. He was working for British Athletics. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so we decided um, Melbourne might be a nicer place to live than Loughborough in the Midlands. Uh, so yeah, so we ended up here and yeah, do you know what? It's, I don't know whether it's because I've always had the plan to go back in the, for the European summer that it's not felt as daunting. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's, it's been great so far, to be honest. <laughs> had you been to Australia before? No, I'd never been to Australia before. Oh, wow. So you're really getting the full experience. Uh, cause I've seen you. We crossed paths uh, a few times around the town, but you're obviously getting the the full experience, uh, doing some trail runs, and we'll get to that a little bit later because of your your move into the trails and on the mountain uh, running. So, yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting that you're getting to to uh, experience the Australia. Kate, Zach could probably only really just scratch the surface of your resume with that intro, and you know it's absolutely super impressive. But I mean. Your junior career was just filled with incredible results from all across Europe. Uh, you know, that's including an under-13 national cross-country title. You ran NCAAs, but what I really want to know, what were your fondest running memories as a kid? Like just young kid getting started, what did you love about it from the get-go? 
you know what I was very lucky in um my local running club and that's still my running club at home Sheldon Athletics um it was just a good group of kids to go down with two or three times a week uh and we just had a laugh like our coach probably wanted us to take it a bit more serious than we did (laughs) we just fooled around we had a good time and yeah I think that was it to be honest I love that I think that's hooked on it from there I think that's how it should be. You know, if you, the sport, you've got a long time in the sport to do a lot of the grinding away and lots of Ks. And when you're young, I think, yeah, getting out and just playing and, and moving and, and having a laugh is, is the best way to get into the sport and stay in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? I feel like I've come full circle with that now. Like, if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Like, it might sound a bit cliche but I feel like life's too short and yeah I think now even here like I've been lucky enough I know one of the other coaches um with run to do run (laughs) to pb uh Maddie um and just having like a and like the other girls that I've been joining in with and like just having friends to run with like I don't know it's just so much more enjoyable than and don't get me wrong like I do stuff by myself and I do enjoy doing stuff by myself but I don't know the social side of it I don't know I think makes it no it's definitely where the fun fun is I know Zachary you absolutely love your runs with the uni crew and I'm very grateful for my training partner Anna as well um certainly it just yeah there's I don't reckon there's ever any shoot runs when you've got someone to run with Mm. absolutely I agree. um we are going to just try and just indulge ourselves a little bit because we're running nerds and we look at your resume and there is some things that we do want to pick your brain on we we are going to go into your recent running and your love for it and and your coaching but just um just in terms of your running as a junior and then and then i guess moving into the ncaa um you had a lot of success as a junior um you obviously won the ncaa which was a a, a massive achievement and we did mention that uh, at the start but i guess um what was running like you in that time as a junior um um I i just enjoyed running um and obviously the fact that you're good at it helps. Uh, it's just something that just came to me and like the competitiveness and um, I'm sure my family would love to tell you just how competitive I was as a child. Uh, I've definitely reined it in on the games side of things. Um, but yeah, just like competing and like the first time I got a GB vest, I remember my coach at the time and he was like, well, this experience will make you or break you is in you will absolutely love it and you'll want to strive to always achieve that. Or you'll just be like, it's not for me, that's fine. And you'll go a different way in life. Um, but yeah, mm. I hope that answered it. Yeah. Is it, a, uh, yeah, can can be it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, because it can become addictive, that feeling of wanting to to race and compete and, and push yourself. And I think, um, yeah. And, and a lot of recreational runners and people that get into the sport who have success also can fall into that kind of feeling of just wanting to race all the time and, and train. And yeah, it, it can be, um, it can go both ways. Do you know what, like listening to other juniors that have had, had competed well and, I know the, I guess the success rate from a good junior to a good senior isn't as big as obviously I think we'd like. Um, but actually, like, as a junior, my coach, and it was, like, drilled into me. I think, like, he'd learned from other coaches around, uh, like, not to do too much as a junior. So, actually, uh, I, d- I didn't do a lot of training. I still swam a lot. I used to swim 
um, to a pretty good level um, as a kid. So like, I think I had that fitness that tied in well, but I remember being um, at one of the club sessions and another um, parent came over to the coach and was just like, they don't train enough, they don't do enough. And he was like, no, this is this is the route that if you want longevity in the sport that they're going to do. Kate, I want to circle back to that competitiveness as a kid. Is there any stories that you can share of some of the um, times that competitiveness may not have been a great thing? Um, we used to play a lot of games <laughs> at Christmas as a family. Um, and everybody probably wanted to have fun. But if you were on my team, we weren't there <laughs> to have fun. We were there to win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that, like, I don't know, can you be too competitive in a race? Like, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, being aggressive or pushing <laughs> and doing and stuff like that. But I mean, like, that determination, like, I'm going to get to that line before you. Hmm. I don't know if you can have too much of that. <laughs> no. Well, with, with your competitiveness now, because I guess, you know, as you transition more into a coaching and, and I guess helping people, do you find, are you more competitive with yourself now or with other people? Um, myself. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think, <laughs> like, I don't know, like you just... I think you think different don't you as you get older from that like 16 year old that's just like it's just running all like it's just there's nothing else got in life it's just to run um and I think a bit of perspective comes into that and yeah I definitely would say myself <laughs> yeah no, good stuff I will see your big uh NCAA win transitioned you and at the time you you were over competing overseas in you know you went to Glasgow whilst you were at college is that right yes um, that is right yeah and then I see if you look up uh the world athletics profile and you're just littered with results and your personal top 10 and there's Milrose games on there there's uh Beijing world champs there's Stanford a couple of times any particular um races that stand out there there's your pb of 31 41 i think at, at peyton jordan can you take us to a couple of those that stand out that you you sort of have some memories on you know what i'm not sure a track race would ever top glasgow mm-hmm. uh so it was it was a full stadium i can't remember the numbers but it was bonkers so one of the scottish girls beth potter she took when she took the race on it was like a mexican wave of sound following (laughs) us around the track like i've never experienced anything like it and then with 200 to go so the three kenyans had got away they were first second and third um and like Beth went past me and the crowd made so much noise that my ears popped. <laughs> like it was wow. just phenomenal. Um, but on that race, actually, no, there's so two of the Kenyans that were ahead had failed drugs tests since. Oh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a question a little bit later about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I may as well whilst we're there just and how in your career when you were competing on this on the world stage that obviously you can only control what you can yourself like did you did it ever cross your mind when you're racing getting beaten by people that maybe come out of nowhere or you don't have any info does it or does you just are you just staying in your lane and, and worry about what you can do I think for the most part it's not something that like even to one of the Kenyans, it wasn't even long after the Commonwealth Games that she failed the test. Mm. Um, but if I'm completely honest, I just I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. So I definitely tried to not let it like affect me, or like I wouldn't go into a race and be and thinking about who's cheating, who's not cheating, because there's. Mm. Like if they stood on that start line, all you could do is race them. And you had trust in that the authorities and that people were 
doing the right thing that would keep these people out of the sport or you, do you get to a point where you've been on the scene for so long that you kind of feel like, well, I don't know <laughs> this is a fair playing field. The more I know, the the less that I trust the authorities and you just hear more stories and what happens mm. and you just like, they're meant to be there to be doing the best for the sport. Are they doing the best for the sport? Mm. Who knows these days? <laughs> Which I feel like is a really cynical view, but yeah, I just you don't hear many good stories. Mm. Hey, um, just on Glasgow, you mentioned the crowd and the hype around the Com Games. How does someone? How do you go in a call room and the pressure building that? You know, two hours before, an hour before, twenty minutes before how do you how back then were you able to yeah get on the start line and not be a nervous wreck because it just sounds like uh, even just listening to you I'd be a mess before that race you know what it's funny like it was excitement and like I remember walking out the like of the tunnel and turning around to Beth and just being like oh my god (laughs) what are we about to do like it was just such an atmosphere like yeah, it was more excitement, to be honest, than nerves. Hey, Kate, a bit of a random question. Growing <laughs> up <laughs> growing up as a kid, did any of your friends sort of collect um, sports cards? So it might have been of um, football or um, you know, pretty much any sport. But was collecting sort of trading cards ever a thing when you were a kid? Um, no, I don't think it was. No, it's okay. There's a reason I asked. Zach has been doing a bit of research this afternoon, spent a bit of time on eBay. <laughs> I think you know where we're going here. And, I do, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's actually, you've got your very own, I guess, um, card from your time when you were in college. Um, so Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated um, brought out some Sports Illustrated for Kids cards and you've got your very own profile, um, you know, looking a million bucks. Just it's a great photo. Um, did you ever get a chance to collect your own card while you're over in the US? Do you know what I did? I have um, a bunch of them because like really randomly people sent them to me. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I do know what you're talking about and I have seen it, which is quite cool, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's on eBay, I thought. There was a bidder on there, um, Lachlan underscore. I, like, I, <laughs> I think it's too late. He's already sealed the deal, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had about $1,000 on it, didn't it, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, um, transitioning out of the NCAA system, you um, spent a bit of time overseas. Um, Coaching-wise, were you set up with a group? How was life? Are you, did, did you go pro or like how did that, how does that work off the back of winning an NCAA? Um, so I actually ended up in Loughborough because, um, that's where British Athletics base was, but to be completely honest, I did turn, I did turn pro, I signed with New Balance, um, start of 2016, if I, I think that's right, um, but yeah, that was, it's a funny time because obviously, that's amazing. That's a great side of it. Um, but it was actually a very hard time personally. So my dad passed away at the end of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just a funny time to to look back on. Like, yes, I ran some amazing races and stuff, but it was yeah, it was a pretty oh, hard time. Mm-hmm. With um, like I guess. As a kid, was being a pro runner something that you aspired to be or is it more, look, if it happened, that was a bonus, you just loved running? Uh, uh, I don't think it was till probably around that age that I was like, do you know what? Like, I think I can actually do this. Like, I think I could be a professional at this, which is just mad to say, like, and I've just signed for another two years with New Balance. And I'm just like, this is just nuts. Like to say out loud, Mm. oh yeah, like I run for New Balance. (laughs) Like even now I'm just a bit like, Mm. wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Insane. Did you did you ever aspire to coach for run to PB as well, mate? It's obviously <laughs> got to be fairly high up on the list. Yeah, that was definitely on there. AMC, <laughs> <laughs> um, you did um, yeah get through a, a really tough time in in your life and got back on the world stage at uh, Denmark, World Cross. How yes. was it getting back out there? Obviously, a bit of a bit of a spell, and then to to get back in the, the World Cross, which you'd done what, a couple of times as a junior and then as a senior. Yes. Uh, that was, do you know what? That was a great race. And also the team doing well was a really nice ad, added bonus. They We finished fourth as a team. Um, but that course <laughs> was something else. Yeah. Like, and we finished. And I remember someone interviewing us as a team and they were just like, oh, what do you think of the course? Like, it's something different. Like, would you want to do it again? And like, by like, one by one, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you guys are lying. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to do that again. In saying that, you're now doing World Mountain Trail Running Championships and you're doing a, a vertical K on the weekend. So I don't know, maybe there was some truth to it. <laughs> yeah probably actually saying that now a lot of people have come back to me and been like I swear you didn't like doing hills <laughs> I was like the hill training that we did as a group like when I was doing track or cross mm. are very different to the hills that I'm doing now <laughs> I suppose Kate how did the transition happen sort of how did you originally get interested I guess in the mountain running and the trails coming across from the track so <laughs> It had been something that I'd spoken about for like maybe a year or two of like, oh, you know, like maybe I can try that. And I don't think it's like a, a natural or like a, not natural, but like, I guess like a normal progression for people to make. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's many people that have run cross and track and then done it. But like, I feel like people do, cross track or something along them lines and then you go to the road um and then actually it was someone I work with at New Balance piece he was just like what do you think about we just saw our phone call and he was just like what do you think about like giving the trails mountains a go and I was like yes and he was just like no 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 like go away think about it and I was like no don't need to <laughs> and it was just as easy as that and I was like I'm doing this and I did do you uh, think it's something that you'll um continue to do over the next couple of years or is there any thoughts to jumping back on the roads and maybe a marathon's in the mind at some point or sort of very content with uh, mountain running for the moment absolutely not um <laughs> i will be uh, sticking to the trails like and trail mountain running whichever one you want to call it um a bit of both i guess um yeah, no, I have no desire to go to the roads or the marathon. It's like I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I was going to say, off the back of your, your, your big track um, road career, is it really refreshing not being a bit of a slave to the watch and doing everything around time and you can just get out on the trails, run by field, run over hills? And I guess a, a now a regular training week must look very different to in the past. What, what does a, a training week for you look like? Uh, that is a very good point. And that is something that I'd say that is really refreshing. Like you can't look at your watch while you're running up a, a five kilometer hill. Like you, you just can't. Um, and yeah, that is, it's so refreshing. Somebody did ask me if I miss track at all. And I'm, I'm, the amount of times I get asked if I'm going to go back on the track. Um, but like I'm surprised myself I don't miss the track at all mm. um but yeah so a, a general week um would definitely be a weekend would be one easy day and getting in a long hilly run um and then the week would have like a, a medium to long run in the middle and two sessions um in there and you'd be dragging out hubby for a few um a few runs and few sessions have you got him hooked on the trails he is do you know what 
I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that he enjoys it more than me. <laughs> He's got more races lined up for the rest of the year than I currently do. So, <laughs> so with, go for it, Chris. I was going to say with um, the races you've got lined up, Kate. What have, what have you got on your agenda for? I suppose what's what's coming up for you. Um, so I'm going home to do world trials and I'm going to do the uphill only and the up and down. Um, and then hopefully I'll fit in another race. And then I have OCC in Chamonix at the end of August. Um, it's what I have lined up and then I'll take a break after that. Like I want to go to do more longer trail races but i didn't think it was sensible to do too many in one season um how far have you gone out i know new zealand you did how far was that one that was 52 hmm. um and that's my longest <laughs> Do you have a preference for the, the shorter or the longer trail? So I believe you ran it two bays in January as well. Yes. Uh, I guess I've done more around the 27, 28k distance. Um, but like I'm excited to give the 50s um, a good go. And then yeah, who knows what I'll do next year. I'll be surprised if I go up again, but I'm not saying never because, <laughs> like, if you'd said this to me last year that I was doing a 50K, I'd be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so, Given you really don't want to get back on the track, you're probably not going to join Camille Aaron, who rolled like a 1,000 laps over the weekend, 48 no. hours on the track of <laughs> 435K. <laughs> yeah. No, that one's safe, safe to say you won't be doing that one. No, I won't be doing that one, no. <laughs> um, just moving on to your coaching. So you've, you obviously joined Runs BB a couple of months ago and you've got a few athletes in your, your stable. In terms of your own, I guess, guiding principles as a coach and, and obviously what you've learned as a runner, have you you've got some things that you have been instilling in with your athletes so far? Um. So I think that what's, what's at the top for me is every athlete is different and what works for every athlete will be different. Um, so it's not one plan fits for all. Um, so how I personally would like to work is to get to know the athletes and um, what they enjoy, what how to get the best out of them rather than just this is what I think works, go and do that. Um, and I feel like I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of good coaches over the year. Um, and I just feel like I've learned a lot. Like I'm still learning a lot. Like I still ask a lot of questions from coaches. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited to be coaching. And he's, do you know what? I, I actually really enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's really cool. The fact, you know, you have had exposure to some wonderful coaches and and also some amazing athletes in your time in the sport but rather than I guess pick just one piece of advice what what are some of the best bits of advice you've been given over your running journey that you're able to share with your athletes now yeah there's one that stuck with me when I worked with um a coach and he said if I can't explain it what like obviously you're not questioning him necessarily, but like if I can't explain why you're doing something, you don't have to do it. <laughs> like there's got to be a reason or like just a thought process behind mm. why you're doing something. Yeah. I like that. Um, just on, have you got a, a favourite tra training session that either you you personally like doing or you like setting for your athletes oh <laughs> um whether it's yeah yeah obviously like you know over some tempos or adding the hill reps or doing on the track because anyway you want to do it yeah 
Um, I guess it obviously depends on what the athlete's going for, but there's a one that I like to say, and it, I just think it's simple, five bike here or three minutes, but you've got to run them hard. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's just a simple one that I like to come back to. Um, but personally, right now, like I'm enjoying getting out and some hilly long runs. And there is actually, which I was very surprised about, how much <laughs> running there is around Melbourne. There's yeah. some stunning runs around here. Oh, and, and just out of the city, like you don't have to go far and you can get on some trails and, and get a few hills in. Yeah, absolutely, uh, which I've been pleasantly surprised about. <laughs> kangaroo sightings? I have, yes. Listerfield's a good place yeah. if you want to see kangaroos. <laughs> um, yeah. And how about the gear? Because obviously when you were track racing and you just throw the spikes on and, and all the rest, and now in the in the trail world there's a lot of other things to consider. How are you, how are you going with all that? Uh, I'm quite enjoying it, you know, like I've enjoyed the process of trying to figure out like your fueling or how much to take on, like what your body enjoys taking on, not it taking on. Um, and like, I don't know, like I enjoy food and especially like sweet food. So <laughs> getting to eat sweets yeah, and yeah. food as you're running along, like that's <laughs> not to enjoy. Yeah, it's a good thing. Any favourites that you want to name? Because we're we're big fans of pancakes and ice cream. We regularly get into uh, <laughs> chats about just the random chats. But um, any sweet food that you want to call out that's um, sort of a bit better than most? Well, funnily, you guys call sweets lollies. Yes. Which yes. I find. <laughs> it's just bizarre because like a lolly is like a lollipop. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess any kind of sweets sour tan plastics will be up there what are they the haribo ones like the sour oh, sugary okay. oh like, yeah 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 it's sour yeah taking warheads out on the trails <laughs> okay maybe sour is the wrong word <laughs> the tang plastics yeah uh, put that on the list <laughs> nice and um, just before we wrap up, there was a race, I, I mentioned it earlier, vertical, was it a vertical K? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw, uh, yeah, a bunch of people go down to Tassie. How have you pulled up? How did you go firstly? And then how have you pulled up? Well, so I learned something new. So I thought an uphill only race was a VK. It is not, which I was informed by many people at the weekend. Um, so VK is going up at least a thousand meters in less than five k. Yeah, because I, I I saw people Strava and it was like four point nine k. I couldn't get yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I yeah, I don't Ben's new mindset. Anyway, four point whatever. Let's say around five k. Um, but I've never done a race like that one. Mm. Um. <laughs> I was expecting it to be steep. Obviously, it's going to be steep, but the last K was just like scrambling over boulders. <laughs> we were just like going along this normal path, and there was just a marshal stood in the middle of the path, and she was like, up this way. And I turned, and I was like, what? <laughs> we're, going, we're going up there. And she the was rock like, climbing. yes. <laughs> My God, that's cool. And he pulled up all right off the off the back of that. Yeah, uh, not too bad. I took a few easy days. Um, I guess it's it's not too bad a VK. It's the descending that personally gets me. That leaves mm. me pretty bad. <laughs> Good stuff. No, it's been uh, it's been awesome to have you on, and I think the listeners were, were really keen just to to hear a little bit about your your career. Now, yeah, the opportunity to be coached by you is um, it's on the website, so I know um, yes, people can jump on if they want to connect with you. And yeah, we're really grateful for your time, Kate. Thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you, thanks, Kate. How good was that, mate, to meet our run to, new run to be coach? Oh, a bit of interview. 
Mate, Kate Avery, what a superstar. She is. And, uh, yeah, just ripping up the trails now. Um, yeah, and just hearing about that vertical K race, uh, yeah, gave me a few shivers, mate. Mate, I've got doms in my quads already. <laughs> and I'll, I think I just stood up and had a stretch. <laughs> but, no, look, I think it'd be really cool. I mean, what a privilege to be able to have the opportunity to be coached by someone like Kate, someone who's been to the Commonwealth Games and finished fourth. Um, you know, been ran in the NCAA system and yeah. and won cross country to um, you know have such longevity in the sport, sort of running in a very early teens and still running at the elite level now. I think anyone that has the opportunity to work with Kate, whether they have an interest in trails or um, distance running in general, even a track track interest, yeah. because I mean, Kate's sure. got such a, a variety and a pedigree. Um, yeah. I just think what a wonderful opportunity and what a privilege it is to have her as part of the Runs of PB family. Yeah, how good would that be having her in your corner? <laughs> oh, mate. oh I just, yeah, I just think just the pre pre gels rev up, you know. <laughs> pre, yeah, mate, gels park just down there. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a warm up. So I'm interested in these sour lollies, though. Um, yeah, might have to look into that. Might have, maybe we can get some more info from Mads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, mate. Um, your training. How yes. are you tracking? We've um last a week caught up for a run so i was able mm. to witness uh you flowing along and you had the the <laughs> the kit was on point mate i wanted to uh, make it easy yeah. so that you could see me and like just recognize what i had mate, on. You, you nearly blind me with the kit across <laughs> <laughs> it was no. early but i tell you I, I was i woke up pretty quickly no so well, I had, for those obviously um didn't post any photos but had my my white shirt with the pink stripes and um, the, the blue, white and pink socks, which are an absolute favourite of mine. Um, so, no, nah, it's a bit of the, the team kit that me and Anna have. So I know that you are familiar with it. And I thought, look, I just on the off chance that there's hundreds of people getting around the town at 10 to 6 in the morning, that um, yeah. if I wear something you, you recognise, it might just be a little bit easier to spot. But lo and behold, here I was got to the bottom of the Anderson Street corner and it was five to six. And um, it was pretty much just me, you, and about half a dozen of those orange. It, it was uh, quiet. <laughs> mobility scooters. I don't know what they're called. What are those orange little scooters? Um, just well, there's come? lime ones. And then there's, yeah, there is an orange one that's going around. Mm. At, uh, and weirdly, and I was, um, I was saying to you on the run that like it was dark. There was some parts where the lights hadn't gone on yet. And mm. I know when daylight savings kicks in uh, or we lose daylight savings at the end of this this weekend, um, we often get like a really, because it's on a timing system, somehow they don't work it out and we get a pretty dark few laps around the town at night. But in the morning it was, it was actually dark and, like, it was dark. I couldn't see shit. <laughs> like some bits were really well lit up, but then when yeah. I looked across, that was just actually the street lights that were on. <laughs> there was nothing around the tan. Actually, what I did laugh about, we were um so we ran what I call the reverse tan loops. So we didn't well the right way, yeah. The, well, in. apparently the correct way, which I will <laughs> admit I actually enjoyed um a lot more because I did the on my cool down, I did a, a loop going up Anderson Street yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was probably regretting it um, halfway up. But, yeah, just nice cruise around. And anyway, I think it might have been the start of our second lap and it was that dark. So we actually had a little um, sneaky flyby shout-out to Amy McCormick. One of we did, athletes. Yes. Ames recognised us. Um, <laughs> and, look, it was pitch black dark. So we nearly, we nearly <laughs> ran into, into each other but, uh, <laughs> Quick flyby there, but it literally only sort of recognised Ames from maybe you know a metre or two away. But yeah, it, it was it was dark, and um, early on there was more of those bikes slash scooters mm. that had just been ditched in the middle of the path. But, um, hey, um, yeah. I know your our run. I I joined you for the good part of maybe fifty to an hour, uh, maybe mm. fifty minutes. But you you knocked up. Just looking at it now, hour twenty two, yeah, nearly seventeen k. Yeah, no, that wasn't that probably wasn't shift. quite on the plan. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I thought because I wasn't sure how far you were running, whether you're just going to do like maybe a lap and um, sort of. I wasn't sure what you you know how things yeah. were work. So I thought, oh look, I'll just cover off all bases and I'll get there nice <laughs> and early. And if I get there with a bit of time, I'll just do a lap 
So that'll get me around 6K. And then um, we'd run 6K and I was really enjoying it. And I said, oh, stuff it. I'll just run another lap. Because <laughs> I probably should have um, headed back to where I was staying and started to pack my stuff so that I could actually check out. <laughs> but um, no, I ended up doing another lap, which was definitely worth it. Um, look, mate, we don't get a, a much chance to catch up and run together like it's really only um av stuff and maybe that's a bit of a yeah. cool down or um, a bit of a warm-up or you mm. or you know maybe you heckling me during the race but um no it was cool just to hang out have a chat share a few laughs fun. and um you know even just you know talk a bit about our running and our coaching and all that sort of stuff and yeah like it, it's great that we get to catch up this way over um you know with the podcast yeah. every week but in person it's just different like it's just isn't it it's, yeah it was really cool so no nah. flew by mate hey um and i had you know i didn't really the day before you you'd been just looping around the mcg or the outside <laughs> of the mcg i saw that map come up i'm like what? you know you're in melbourne like mm. not many people do their session around the out <laughs> I've seen I've seen hill reps being done on the side of Yarra Park, and I've seen uh, there is a man Connor the Beast Dylan who runs ridiculous K's, and during lockdown he did thirty k around the MCG. But oh god, you rolled a mile into four by four hundred into another mile. I know you're a Melbourne supporter, and you're, you're pretty faithful Melbourne supporter was there um yeah what was it like getting around the MCG mm. um first I'm going to explain before <laughs> I give and I'll give a really honest answer my thinking was that if I went to the tan that like just the surface would be a little bit slippery and I thought maybe it's going to be busy so I'm thinking there's probably not going to be many people around the MCG yeah it's on concrete <laughs> but it's flat so it'll be fine um, and I can just go and do my session and, and sort of get back to where I'm staying. So that was just the theory. And, you know, lo and behold, got around there and I barely saw anyone. I think I saw a few, a few tradies sitting down having a smoke. And then there was a few security guards milling around because there was a Megadeth concert apparently on at Rod, Rod Laver Arena, which um, I can guarantee I did not have tickets to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and that was about the extent of it. There's, you know, the odd people – you know, person coming out, haven't done one of the MCG tours. And, you know, I, I sort of snuck up and had a bit of a look out onto the, the hallowed turf. That was about as close to I got. Mm. And I sort of did the warm up and I was thinking, oh, I just thought this place would have a bit more atmosphere. Like it just, <laughs> you know, I always associate going to the MCG like, hey, I'm going to watch Melbourne play footy. I'm going to watch Australia yeah. play in the cricket. Like, oh, I get to run on today because, hey, it's part of the um, marathon festival. And to be honest, um, doing a session by yourself, running around the concrete, it was a bit like Groundhog Day or almost like <laughs> on a treadmill. If I was like yeah, on yeah. an outdoor treadmill because every – so it's about 850 metres a lap around the outside on the concrete, I've since mm -hmm. realised. And um, every 200 metres, there's a statue. And <laughs> it's pretty much – if it's not a statue, then a hundred meters later, there's a light tower. Yeah, and there's like, yeah, there's a bit of scenery, but I mean, it's just, it's just grass and cars, and mm. it's not um, like around the tans, like people, and you can look into the botanical gardens, and um, there's stuff happening, and then you've got, you know, on the river where there's, you know, the um, people who are rowing and all that sort of stuff, which is cool. But around the MCG, there's um, couple of blokes having a durry um there's really not a lot going on so um look got the session done if i lived in melbourne i could say hey i've done a session around the mcg i'd tick that off the list <laughs> would not go back <laughs> do, do not it's not on the travel brochure no not for a session um no no, probably a, a four out of 10 for um, <laughs> atmosphere and, and enjoyment for places to do a session. Overrated, wouldn't um, recommend for other people. Tan, yes, along the Yarra, um, on, the, on the flats there, absolutely. Um, you could have done bridges. Yeah, bridges. yeah. Um, um, there's a bit of a loop course that I've done before with Shree Chinmoy at one mm. of their events, which would have been pretty good. 
But um, no, I just thought, you know what, this would be a really good idea. And um, no, it wasn't. It was terrible. I really needed a kick in the ass for that. But um, <laughs> one thing that hey. was good, and I will, and the, probably the reason why I thought it would be better than it was, I've seen some of the Fast Track Club 800 meter sessions that pop up on Twitter yeah. from time to time. And I've seen the lads there doing um, hill efforts. Yeah, yeah, through yeah. the park there, and um, yeah, it does. Yeah, they do some stuff in there. Yeah, that really seduced me. I thought, no, that looks cool. I want it, and I actually did my strides going up um, one of the hills there, and sort of bit of old style. Yeah, well, not quite. This was not covering the ground because <laughs> let me tell you, mate. Ninety minutes before I um, went out and did my session, I was stuffing my face with a big box full of paella, and um, <laughs> about halfway through my first mile rep, geez, I was regretting that. <laughs> <laughs> In all my life doing a session, geez, it hurt. But um, yeah, we worked through that. But it was actually um, warm down around the tan. Yeah, I um, I thought, oh, I'm here. I've got to go and unlap the tan. I've got to do the tourist thing. Mm. So um, I was just a big sweaty mess. And um, (laughs) I think the nicest way was I had a little pain in the tummy (laughs) (laughs) after the run. So I walked it off. I've walked um. Uh, yeah, over the over the bridge past the MCG. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to put sing it like Paul Kelly, but I don't want to disgrace the great man. But um, no, we went um, over the bridge and then down past Rod Ray Labor Arena, where I saw a few Megadeth fans and um, <laughs> just thought, hey, here I am in my half tights and my singlet, just looking <laughs> completely out of place. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just. Geez, I just put head down, bum up, and walked as quickly as I could to get out of there and um, <laughs> got across to the tan where I started to feel a bit more at home with my people. Um, there was a lot more people sort of getting around and running. And, um, yeah, walk, did a full lap of the tan, had a nice sort of cool down, and then walked at home along the Yarra and um, just realised how big a sport rowing is um, in the yeah. community down there. The um, All the school kids getting down, the teachers um, in their rowing kit, at, you know, mm-hmm. screeching at these kids in their megaphones. At the megaphones out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we caught that. And on the bikes and we're like running along and they're stop yeah. start. And, I was yeah. sort of half in awe and half just having a gill. Like it's um, it's definitely a thing, um, definitely a private school thing. Um, mm-hmm. Not having a shot at them, it was just a bit of a stereotype that I noticed mm-hmm. while I was down there. But um, no, it was cool to take in the sights and see a few different things like, um i'm honestly saying now i am really grateful to be able to go and do my session with anna tomorrow i'm going to enjoy that a lot more um, <laughs> given my experience of running around the mcg i think um you don't realize what you've got to you don't have it for a week and yeah definitely looking forward to um the banter and sort of post or pre pre-session nerves and having some laugh about about some stupid stuff rather than um doing my hill strides and getting gawked at by a lady in a, in a business suit <laughs> So um no, nah, but it was cool. But no, nah, easily the running, the running highlight of my stay in Melbourne was our catch up, mate. I'm very grateful that you got up at that hour. Like I can only imagine what you were thinking when your alarm went off. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's normal, not a normal uh, get up time for you. So um, no, I appreciate I the that. sacrifice you made, and I hope I didn't ruin your work day. <laughs> you may I don't work that sleepy. hard, mate. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I um. Just a change of routine and environment. Mm. I know for you coming down and you had you were a bit of a um bit of a celebrity with with your workplace getting the, the call up to coming down and the big smoke and and do a few workshops and all the rest of it. I think you were hobnobbing with some um some of the heavy hitters in town, but just that change of um yeah, routine. How did you go with that? Um yeah. <laughs> It was good. Um, I love routine. I'm going to be honest. I love my routine. Yeah. I know exactly pretty much what I'm going to do every day of the, week yeah. of the time that I'm going to do it at. Like I haven't run a session on a Wednesday since I think the lead up to Gold Coast. Um, so it's been a long time, but um, you've just got to make the most of the opportunities that you've got. And I think if I hadn't have done it that Wednesday afternoon, I just wouldn't have fitted my session in. So all it sort of meant was that this run that I would have done Sunday, I brought that foot forward to Thursday and it just meant I got to have a rest day on a Friday and, and on a Sunday, which felt a bit weird. Um, yeah, not, okay. not getting out doing a few Ks on the Sunday, but um, mm-hmm. as it turned out, it was actually really helpful. So we had our 
runners club handicap our last 1500 meter handicap i did handicap, see that there were some, which, some pretty um, cool photos coming up on the socials oh mate there were some there were some really amazing photos really good races good good stories as well but because it had been a big week and there was a few late nights and early starts i was really keen for some extra sleep and sunday <laughs> was a perfect day for that so um given that i wasn't racing i would have probably still needed to get up sort of around five to get in the, the hour run that i would have had on the plan um so yeah very grateful to have had that ticked off on thursday i probably had a little bit more muscle fatigue than i'm used to um, but that was a nice feeling you know that good like that nice muscle fatigue oh yeah not yeah, doms yeah. but like yeah i've had a mm. i've had a solid week um yeah which was nice so no, it was it was good, and even, look, just to take in some different sights, and even running at a different time. Like I, mm. mate, I almost felt like I was running pro hours, getting out there <laughs> three, three in the afternoon <laughs> to knock a session over. So, yeah, um, yeah it was a, it was look, it was a nice experience. I think um, my takeout was that if you're going to have lunch, don't um, have anything sort of too heavy, or let your eyes be bigger than your stomach. Sort of ninety minutes out from when you're planning on doing a session. <laughs> Because, um, you know, for full disclosure, that paella was then chased down with a, a small ice cream as well. So, um, yeah, <laughs> lessons were learned. <laughs> uh, nice, mate. And, uh, yeah, do you want to just um, talk us through how the, how the gift, how your handicap race went? Or Yeah, so um, we... A couple of athletes go around. Yeah. So I said Shep Runners Club, we decided to kick the year off with um, three track handicap races. So they're each of the 1500s. And I guess because our guys don't really get much exposure to the track, like they're mostly park runners and, and fun runners and that sort of thing. So track and 1500s been really daunting for them to begin with. But you can sort of see the growth in the confidence and what they've learned over the three races. There was a lot more people... And look, the cooler conditions help as well, but a lot more people sort of getting out and being just a little bit more aggressive with the first part of their races rather than, um, like I think the first couple, they've probably gone out and treated it a bit like park run, but then just sort of smacked at home that last 400. So yeah, it was good to see them sort of putting what they'd learned into practice. Um, I think from from my guys, so um, Nora, Nora ran a PB for 1500. I think she took, um, nine seconds out of her time awesome. from when she um from the start of the track season i guess for us so um really really proud of her efforts taryn kirby same thing sort of four or five seconds from her pb from her last attempt um chris nicholson was another one um i think chris sort of benefited a little bit so with the we've been seeding the races and as it sort of turned out probably the previous couple um chris had been it's a little bit um, unlucky that he was seated last in, in his races whereas this time because we had a different bit of a different crew he was one of the quicker guys in his race and I think that sort of gave him the confidence that like, he expected to be out front um, and yeah he sort of got after it a bit more and he ran a PB as well took sort of four or five seconds off and um, what was really cool um, sort of just showing the great range that this lady has so another Kate um, Kate Dayton who would actually probably um, really enjoy spending a bit of time with Kate Avery. Two weeks ago, Kate Dayton um, ran the 50K at Warburton through the hills in there. And um, I'd sort of said, no, no, Kate, no, no, we won't, we won't be coming down to the track <laughs> and doing anything. But she was adamant, like, no, I feel good. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fully recovered. And in Kate's defence, um, while well, she had an amazing run at Warburton, she does tend to run them on the conservative side. So um, she probably does pull up a bit better than from these things that I then I give her credit for. So uh, I get we I ended up agreeing to let Kate come and run the fifteen hundred, and she actually ran really well. Um, it has pulled up really well too. Um, certainly not some people you let them bend the rules a little bit and I guess yeah. Kate's one of them so um she ran 556 for 1500 um and like Kate's a, a sort of mid sort of like it's a, a 20 30 5k yeah. runner so this is probably her first sub 4k in a while yeah. um because didn't sort of get a chance to do a lot of that stuff in the lead up because well, to prep 50k for the, training <laughs> yeah 50k training and she was coming off her um her previous race was 
the um, marathon in New Zealand in Queenstown, mm, and that was yeah. in November, so it was a pretty short turnaround. So really, we were just concentrating on recovery and then building the long runs up and making sure that the body was all fine. So um, yeah, but it just goes to show what um, talent and you know, I guess range that she has, because there's no way that my body would let me even um, oh. contemplate. I probably wouldn't be allowed to walk onto the track uh, no, two weeks after 50K. a yeah, 50k. Yeah. But um, so no, that that was really cool. Um, yeah. and I think that's where I'm blessed as a coach that to have quite a few of my runners live local that I do get the chance to see them race and see them train and and actually spend time with them. Uh, you know, obviously hear me every week about the time that you know, I get to run with Anna but to see the rest of the guys you know even last night um, at runners club training Taryn Kirby came down with Kate Flynn and we just hang out for sort of 45 minutes while the group was out doing their easy run and yeah like it's really cool to sort of build those friendships um, yeah which I guess runs PBs helps um, give the opportunity for. Mm. No it sounds like a, a great weekend of running and um, while we're just doing a little around the grounds um maddie davy sent through mattress and Gemma, who are on a bit of a road trip i don't know if you've seen it on the socials they're out yeah um, south australia at the moment south australia ollie's um loving life he's uh, uh <laughs> experiencing some new trails yeah and i'm uh, seeing the sights via the pram he is and there was a few trail events that happened up in queensland that we thought we'd just shine a light on katie mm-hmm. dell the noosa 50k out and back trail uh sixth place Four hours fifty-one, so that's uh, very good going from Katie Dell, who's been a regular fixture uh, in the run to BB around the grounds over the years. So um, yeah, awesome result from Kate Dion Allen, who's also coached by a Mattress at the uh, Dinya fifty k trail and uh, finished eighteenth place in five hours fifty. Bruce Cocking was in the thirty-six k trail of that event. Yeah, and Dina uh, four hours forty-five was fourth there. So yeah, cool, cool results on the trails. And then um Gemma had Haley Rees at the Hamilton half, who hour twenty-seven was second place. So I think we this was on the socials. Very cool from Haley. So um yeah, just a couple of other results there. And obviously a lot, uh, a lot of few uh, few athletes going around on the track this um tomorrow, I think. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's still a lot going on in um around the grounds. No, it's good to see, mate. And I think, um, am I right in saying that we may have a bit of sneaky world record chat? We do. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep a lid on it. <laughs> but I can't wait. I mean, we've missed it, it for a while, haven't we? Uh, we have. We have. Last week when uh, we had our, yeah, we ran out of time, I reckon. But um, Canadian running news have come come to the um Come to the party for us. They have. I think anyone out there who loves their random running stories or just needs a bit of a giggle, hit Canadian Running News up. And just it's um, probably not why you're at work because you'll lose a couple of hours of your afternoon. And if you've got a boss that's anything like mine, worried about productivity, it's not a great thing. But um, <laughs> you you've found an absolute cracker here, mate. And this is a, this is a legit one. This isn't. This isn't you dressing up in a panda suit or running in clogs or um, dressing up as Borat. Like this, this is legit. This, this is one. legit, and this is inspirational for mm. for anyone that is a runner and talking about longevity in the sport and talking about just um yeah, like you know when you say you just want to keep running forever. Just, or... <laughs> this is longevity in life, not just running, mm. isn't it? Oh. We're talking world record at Rome Marathon mm-hmm. from Antonio Rao from Rome, who has rolled, he's become the fastest 90 plus man in history, finishing the marathon in six hours and 14 minutes. He's um he's absolutely smacked up the uh <laughs> men's 90th world record, previous record by 30 minutes. But like well, getting to eighty, uh, getting to ninety is a huge achievement in itself. But then oh. you're rolling, you're on eight minute K, like eight fifty, eight minute fifty three per K. He went out rolling. He, he actually bit a bank a bit of time. I reckon he's gone out hard at two forty nine. He split half. At um, yeah, 
so good. He's actually, hang on, he's got faster. Is that right? He's got faster with age. In 2022, mm. he was 89 and he ran six hours 20. So he's he knocked off six minutes. Yeah. So has he done that in a year? Mate, by all reports, <laughs> he's put in a, a very good training block. Um, <laughs> he's had a, a, you know, a lot of consistency over the God knows how long. But, um, yeah. yeah, just um, I believe he won his age group too. <laughs> I don't know what the age groups would be in the right now. So I'm like, I know, isn't it like typically um, like under 18s is kids and then you've got 18 to 39, 39, like it's not like yeah, triathlon. Sure. Well, you stop. It, so often they stop at 60 plus, do they? Or maybe, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like 39 plus is probably at some, some place. I know in some other sports without naming them, um, you can have like, <laughs> 40 to 44 and then yeah, you know, 40, yeah. 45 to 49 and you know it's left-handed like, if you're 40 to 49 and you're left-handed you can get an australian kit and go to <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay for it though <laughs> they still rolling 30k weeks like <laughs> he's super fit like the photos are, are awesome we'll put it on the socials but um yeah that is impressive like Six hours, 14 for the Mara. And you look at, you know, when you see your celebrities, like just jump in and do a marathon off, like just on a whim. Mm. <laughs> You've got, um, uh, I saw this list, like Alicia Keys rolled a five hour 50 marathon. So you're not far behind her. And like, you're talking like, <laughs> talking cheese it. Actually, Pamela Anderson's run five hours, 41 for a marathon. No way. Yeah. She's probably one of the last people I would have expected to run a marathon. Katie Holmes, five hours, yeah. 29. Okay. That's um, a good effort. What else is in here? I'm a bit of a Katie Holmes fan. I really enjoyed Dawson's Creek as a teenager growing up. Oprah's run a marathon. No, no. I'm tipping that's, that's got to be a DNF, isn't it? Oh, that's <laughs> Four hours, 29. No. <laughs> oh, look, that that's um that's very impressive. That's but wow. Yeah. That's um that's that's a tough, tough daddy, Sean Diddy Combs. Uh, no. he's done, yeah. uh four hours fourteen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um anyway, we get into a real rabbit hole of uh say um Gordon Ramsay's run a few marathons, so I don't know any of his times off the top of my head, but I actually believe he did have a bit of ability. As an athlete, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I think he's in this list, actually. He runs three hours 30. Yep, there you go. So that's pretty, that's solid, isn't it? Maybe if um, if there is anyone still listening by this point in the show, <laughs> if you've got this far, maybe in the comments when this ends up on Instagram or um, on yeah. any of the socials, what are some of the celebrity marathoners that you're aware of or that you can Google and just mm. post their times? Because I'm actually really interested in how they stack up. Because there's mm. got to be some really good ones out there. I don't, you know, if there's um, any celebrities out there with a, a sub three, I mean, look, I guess Kane Corns, um, yeah, probably the fastest. Yeah. If you count AFL footballers as celebrities, I don't know. Uh, that's the thing. The if you start to blur lines, I mean, he was um, obviously he's in the media and he was so fit mm. as an AFL player. It's like when you're coming from a yeah a celebrity like you know Hollywood and then just turning mm. to running versus being an athlete fleet already yeah because i mean, often look, get soccer players that you know english premier league that jump in and start you know, rolling marathons yeah because let's be honest we're going to count celebrities Sinead diver is a massive celebrity <laughs> especially especially to me Sinead, yeah. we, we love you and um <laughs> let's just say she does pretty well so yeah um, we might we might have to come up with a criteria but, her, yeah yeah <laughs> but um yeah if, if anyone does um, have any sort of celebrities out there that um, they're aware of their times or even a link. Um, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Maybe we put a list together and um, give, give, give them a shout out. <laughs> but no, um, Antonio, but yeah, 90 what... years of age, peeling half an hour off the um, 90 plus world record. Absolutely Reckon he's incredible. in the super shoes? Um, Maybe that's go... how I got the six minutes off from last year. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been wearing the vapor flies. Unfortunately, <laughs> we've only got a photo of him from the knees up. So we can only speculate as to what shoes that he's got on. But I'll tell you what, 
He looks incredibly yeah, he's fit. He's in good nick. Yeah. In very good nick. And so long as... There's a guy um, next to him. It looks like he's putting him to the sword as well. And he'd at, be like half his age. Absolutely burying him. Not mate, <laughs> probably probably a third of his age, just on first glance. And and he has the look on his face. Like this guy looks like he's got his hat on backwards. He's probably wearing got a pair of gooders on his head. Yeah, he's got very, very flash. He's got um knee length socks on, which mm. you know that's pretty cool. And he does look like I have to look really close, but it does look like a pair of orange vapor flies that he's got on. Um, <laughs> and either some sort of scarf setup. Um, or possibly a camelback. It's a bit hard to tell because half of him is blocked out. But um, he is watching Antonio just absolutely scoot by him. Antonio's in the zone and he's just got a very like, oh, my God, I'm getting torched by this really old dude, um, which is actually the same look I had on my face when we were at Bandura doing cross-country last year as I, got, <laughs> as I got towered up by all the um, elder people in the race. <laughs> But um, I, I just um, while we're talking, there was a there was a small sub article to that about a Japanese woman who yes. was sixty four, who ran ran three sub three oh five marathons in two weeks. So she's actually the current sixty plus marathon record holder, and then mm. yeah, she's pushing the boundaries. It's like three three marathons in two weeks is like phenomenal in itself not always advisable and then yeah under 305 like geez Mate. serious recovery going on in those two weeks to, to get up for three marathons mariko Ugeta is mm. um is her name and my three sub 305s in two weeks yeah that's... that is that is phenomenal uh, <laughs> like i know how passionate they are about their marathon running in japan <laughs> like, and it is i mean look Look no further than Yuki. I mean, yeah. he, he is an incredible. He's a, he has to be a superhero. There's got to be just yeah. something going on there. We've obviously um, covered Yuki's phenomenal history yeah. in the past, but Mariko isn't far behind. I mean, look, three, yeah. three sub three oh five marathons, and she's sixty four. Um, yeah. Well. Well, just yeah. proving age is, is no barrier. No, Mate, it's, it's just a number. It literally is just a number that we, um, it just tells us how many days we've been alive. It does not determine what we're capable of. So, no, yeah, that is yeah, pretty, just cool. impressive. Bit of inspo for us. That's, um, Mate, it's been a big episode. It has. We've, we've had a ball. Um, you know, once again, what a pleasure it was to be able to meet and, and chat with Kate and hear all about her. And, um, yeah, I, I look forward to following her races throughout the year and, and Lachlan as well, because it sounds like he absolutely yeah, loves his run as well. Up. Yes. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, good to, to catch up and I mean, just reminisce about the fun that we had last week, mate. Um, mm. Hopefully you've recovered and you've caught up on your sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's given me, uh, the way you were moving, mate, it's just uh, just jolting me into gear to get ready for our uh, few showdowns across the XCR season. So I think next week we'll, we'll check in and uh, as we get closer, so that round one, uh, yeah, six k, four weeks to gels, and I'm just checking the scorecard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're still oh, undefeated. You're nah, still undefeated. Starts today, again, mate. mate. It's a new so, season, um, clean slate. I reckon you've um you got wood on me at the moment, so oh, I'm gonna have geez. to yeah, gonna have to find something over the next week. <laughs> Get a bit quick plan. So, oh, if you find that, can you slip it my way as well? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't mind a quick burst of um <laughs> of the get fit program, but um get fit quick. But um yeah. no, we'll um we'll touch on that a bit more next week. So hopefully um we'll have a few more surprises, maybe even a special guest as well. Yeah, we've got some list of questions to get through as well, mate. So um yeah, we'll be back next week for more um better with running. Uh, sounds good. Chat soon, mate. <laughs>